Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! Yes, you're doing a really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call the Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to the Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that's got a containment unit in its basement and that's also beautiful San Fernando Valley adjacent. I'm Jim Maritato, a.k.a. Fake Maniac from the internet, and I'm excited to talk with you for another week as we discuss Ghostbusters headlines and stories from the Ghostbusters fan community. This week, we're talking with Matt Zunick from the Los Angeles Ghostbusters, and Matt is the LA Ghostbusters social media director, but also an important part of their franchise who helps to work to connect them with the Starlight Foundation, an important organization that they've been working with. We're going to be finding out how he has worked with his fellow franchise members to develop a long-standing relationship now with Starlight that's helped to generate tens of thousands of dollars uh, in charitable donations. And it's a great and interesting story that I think a lot of different franchises can learn from and can, if not, you know, sort of replicate on their own, take some ideas from how they've been able to achieve a great deal of success in a short amount of time. And one of the key things about this podcast is that, sure, we're going to talk about Ghostbusters merchandise and Ghostbusters media releases, but this is supposed to be a fan community podcast where we find out about what different franchises are doing successfully or different makers are doing. And if you're one of those people out there, uh, by all means, reach out. You can always reach out to me at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com or via Instagram or Twitter at extraplasm. E-X-T-R-A-P-L-A-S-M. And as I say often, I don't know why I spell this for you because you're you're already listening to this, so you probably found it on the internet. But nevertheless, uh, I, I want to encourage folks, if you have things going on, especially as you're leading up to the Halloween season, when many of us who are in the Ghostbusters community kick into high gear in terms of the charity work we do uh, or in terms of the different cosplay engagements we're making, uh, Please reach out, let me know about things you're doing, because even if you want to just have them in headlines, I'm happy to share them. But in the case of this week's episode, I'm really excited to be able to contribute uh, some of the stories from LGB and their success so that folks might be able to learn from them. And if nothing else, just kind of be entertained by hearing about uh, sort of what a franchise goes through to try and generate revenue for an important foundation. As Starlight, if you're not familiar with what they are, uh, is a foundation that works to create uh, opportunities for play in hospitals. So essentially to help kids get healthy who are in hospitals for long periods of time because they're ill and to give them an opportunity to have entertainment, to give them a chance to have some fun and to you know lighten the load on them as being kids who are in long-term care in hospitals for often very serious conditions that could have really lethal consequences in some cases. Uh, and so the work that Los Angeles Ghostbusters do, are doing with Starlight is so important because it's helping to improve the quality of life for kids out there, uh, some of whom are getting through those bad situations by imagining themselves as Ghostbusters uh, and seeing themselves as heroes fighting against the ghosts that um, are sort of wrecking their lives. So I'm really excited to share this story with you all this week. Before we get into our interview with Matt Zunick from the LA Ghostbusters, I wanted to make a couple quick programming notes. The first of those is I want to make a quick thank you to a friend of the podcast, J.D. Raymer, uh, who took some time this week to listen to 
uh, a mix of the episode and try to help me figure out why last week's episode sounded really quiet and really weird. So uh, if you listened to last week's episode and thought, wow, this was a little harder to listen to than the one week before, I apologize. And this is one of the fun things about becoming a new podcaster is that you get to learn new tools like Adobe Audition and also get to learn when you're overusing those tools. So uh, to J.D. Raymer, who took time out of his day and night uh, to listen to different versions of the podcast, to download a project file and help to edit things to help me fix things, I really appreciate your help. And that's why you get a huge shout out on this week's episode of Extraplasm. A second programming note I want you to keep in mind is that last week we talked about Tony Taylor toys and Phantasm toys, and Tony Taylor was our guest on the show, and he was letting us know about the Roach on 12 figure he would be having come up for pre-order. That is now available uh, on his website, phantasmtoys.com. That is F-A-N-T-A-Z-M toys.com. And you can go and pre-order that now. It'll be available for the next two weeks uh, as of the uh, 9th of September. So uh, if you're listening to this around then, you've the clock is ticking. If you're listening to this, uh, you know, up after two weeks, then you've got a problem. Uh, you can't get it anymore, <laughs> but uh, and hopefully you picked it up. But please go and check that out. If you haven't taken a look at uh, Crypt Creepers, which is Tony's line of uh, minifigures that fit alongside the Kenner Real Ghostbusters ghosts or Kenner Real Ghostbusters figures from the vintage figures or whether you have the retro re-release ones that came from Walmart, uh, they really pop and fit very well with the uh, with the entire Kenner line. Uh, and they have great artwork that's been designed by Brendan Pierce, who's also known as Baducci Studios. And so please go ahead and take a look at those things if you haven't, because we you know want to help support the folks who come on the show and help them to succeed at the stuff they're releasing, because the stuff is cool. So... Uh, with that out of the way, in terms of the programming notes, we're going to take a couple moments to look at some Ghostbusters headlines, and then we'll chat with Matt Zunick. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. On in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. The extra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. This week in Ghostbusters headlines, we're going to start off talking about something that is a little bit near and dear to my heart in a weird way. Uh, I, I talked last week about the uh, Sonic uh, toys that are coming out for kids meals, and I joked that uh, I think that Sonic might be dressing themselves up as spinners for Halloween. And in all reality, I don't really think that, but I do think that there was a reason why those toys were created. And if I had to speculate, I don't know anything for sure, but if I had to speculate, I wonder if those toys were supposed to come out last summer as part of some sort of tie-in and promotional marketing with Sonic. And we may remember that Zaxby's had a tie-in uh, with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, it was not a huge promotion, but there was a Zaxby's bag or wrappers in Gruberson's office during Ghostbusters Afterlife. And then there was a, a quick sort of, there was a, a small Zaxby's tie-in promotional campaign. Around the same time, Baskin-Robbins released some slime that we saw come out in some very nondescript bottles that looked like they'd been thrown together very quickly. And some of us began speculating that that slime was probably supposed to be for a Ghostbusters afterlife promotion. But that slime had a sell-by date of October, and Afterlife ended up being pushed back till November. 
So nobody really knew for sure, but it seemed pretty likely given that, uh, you know, Gruberson is spoilers in the middle of Ghostbusters afterlife being chased by a terror dog after picking up Baskin Robbins from a freezer uh, in the middle of a Walmart very prominently naming it as it is, it was pretty clear that there was supposed to be some sort of promotional tie-in. And this week, that has been roundly confirmed. Daniel Keith Brown, who has been the Senior Vice President, Director of Design and Digital Experiences for 22 Squared, uh, an Atlanta advertising agency, has released a portfolio of images on his website, dbrownified.com, I'm not going to spell that one. I assume that you can figure out D Brown and if I'd D brownified.com. Go check it out. He's got an entire portfolio uh, as a person who's had 20 years of experience in the design industry. And he's had massive clients like Coca-Cola and Home Depot. But in particular, one of his biggest clients that he's been the principal designer for is Baskin Robbins. And looking at his portfolio this week, you could see that he has released all of the images of all of the tie-in marketing that would have been used in Baskin Robbins stores for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, that includes a ton of stuff. Because to be clear, Daniel Brown is also the person who designed the Baskin Robbins Stranger Things tie-in and activation. So if you remember the depth of that, if you were a person who is a Stranger Things fan or remembers what went on at Baskin Robbins, even though the, the, the pandemic was happening, Baskin Robbins was transformed into uh, the ice cream shop from, from Stranger Things. And even the employees were wearing uniforms that were in, you know, in spec with the folks who were in the movie, I'm pretty sure. They were selling Funko Pops. They had all kinds of stuff, multiple different aspect, like layers to the tie-in marketing that was going on. This Ghostbusters tie-in marketing appears that it would have been even deeper than that. Uh, there were decals designed for all over the store to go in different places. The, the the ice cream cake freezer, the actual ice cream cooler on the floors, and each of them with mini puffs that would have been uh, you know, sort of interactive for you to sort of see when you go into the store and kind of look like you were stepping over them and they were laying on the floor uh, or looked like you had to reach past them in order to get to an ice cream cake, etc. They had multiple different food items, including the slime, which indeed was a, a tie-in marketed thing that was supposed to be for the movie. But in addition to that, uh, that slime product, there was going to be an ice cream flavor, uh, mini puff mischief that look appeared to have sort of a blue and uh, white coloring to it that maybe even could have been Munter themed if they'd wanted to go that route, but they didn't. It was this entire campaign was designed around the mini puffs, including doing things like renaming the Oreo cookies and cream flavor, Oreo cookies and scream, uh, for the purposes of this promotion. When you look at what they had going on, there was obviously going to be a far deeper promotion than what ended up happening. There were there was an entire slogan that was going to go with this campaign called Paranormal is the New Normal, uh, where you could get your ice cream in Ghostbusters themed tubs. And beyond that, there was an entire line of apparel that was going to be available. So if you go to dbrownified.com, you can actually go through and look at multiple amazing t-shirt images that we didn't get. Uh, I, like, I want to know if someone has these or if Daniel Brown is able to release the, uh, like actual 
image, you know, the files for these and somebody can print them because I'll be real. These are really great drawings. They're really amazing little cartoon drawings of the mini puffs in different situations uh, with the slogan paranormal is the new normal. And there's that we didn't get these is such a disappointment because I mean, to be honest, as much as AMC had tons of different promotional merchandise, it, it was okay in terms of the t-shirt design, <laughs> you know, and then other than that, your options for getting uh, t-shirts, especially when the movie first came out was coming from like the Ghostbusters store website uh, and a couple of different designs that were maybe available at Hot Topic. Uh, so th- the point is that like, if you go and take a look at debrownified.com, it's almost like looking at the alternate reality of like, what would our promotional experience have been like if COVID hadn't happened? Uh, What products would we have seen that we didn't get because they just couldn't release them? Uh, In this case, because they were producing food items. And it's kind of the same story as those Muncher Twinkies that, uh, you know, were out a few months ago as tropical berry Twinkies now, and they're the same product. But, you know, this is a food item that is going to spoil on shelves as the movies pushed back. And so... I find this kind of stuff fascinating as a person who likes to look at, you know, media and business and the way that marketing and media work together. If you're you have that kind of brain or if you just want to see some really cool images of some adorable mini puffed art that we didn't get to really see in the wild, um, take a look at it because it's some really fun stuff that they created. And it would have been really cool to walk into a Baskin Robbins and to have had the experience uh, of going to the store and engaging what was clearly a, a deeper activation rather than just, hey, uh, you come buy a Funko Pop from us for fourteen ninety five or something, and also you have to spend ten dollars in order to be eligible. Uh, which many of us remember that experience of going, "Why do I have to spend twenty four ninety five to buy a Funko Pop?" But I digress. Uh, but it's definitely a, a very cool thing. And uh, Daniel Brown, if you're out there, I don't imagine you're listening, but if you are, good work, dude. This stuff is amazing. Um, and if you go and look at his portfolio, this is a person who has some real talent and in commercial advertising and graphic design and just very cool stuff. So um, moving aside from, uh, or moving along from that discussion of the Baskin Robbins stuff, uh, a couple quick things that I wanted to talk about that are not huge stories, but they're kind of fun. Uh, coming from Ghostbusters news, uh, just to, had the story on this, that the Ohio lottery has released a Stay Puffed themed lottery ticket, uh, Ghostbusters themed lottery ticket. So uh, if you're the kind of person who likes to buy lottery tickets and you're, or you're looking to buy them like for Halloween because you're going to put them in grab bags for people or something, uh, you could actually buy a Ghostbusters themed uh, lottery ticket right now. Um, so hopefully you'll win. But I can't do that because I don't live in Ohio. <laughs> so um, if you live in Ohio, feel free to go buy yourself some lottery tickets. Uh, but remember, lottery responsibly. Uh, also coming from Ghostbusters news, and I'll give them the hit, the, give Jason the tip on this because he's often engaging with HalloweenCostumes.com and Fun.com. Uh, the Ghostbusters Stay Puff Marshmallow Man inflatables that were, have been available for pre-order. I talked about these in I think week one of the podcast. Uh, that there's a 25 foot Stay Puffed that was coming out. It was going to be available for pre-order. And then probably wasn't going to be available for this season, but behold, it's now available and in stock. Uh, so is uh, a Slimer that's available now too. So there's three different size Stay Puffs and a Slimer that are available. Uh, that big Stay Puff is going for like $600, but here's the pro tip. Go and get the 20% off coupon because before, if you were going to buy this thing, you couldn't use it because fun.com and halloweencostumes.com don't let you use a pre-order coupon on a or don't let you use a coupon on a pre-order, but they will 
lets you use it now the stupid thing is in stock. <laughs> so um, if you want to go get any of those inflatables, uh, one, do Jason a solid and go to his website and click through one of his links to help his affiliate program, which is you know part of what lets him run a website that informs all of us as his day job now. Uh, so give him a solid. And if you're going to buy something from fun, go do it through one of his links. But know that you can use the 20% off coupon and you will save on that Stay Puft like 120 bucks. Uh, if you're buying the smaller one, you obviously will save less money because that's how percentages work. But nevertheless, um, that stuff is coming out and you should, if you're going to grab it, think about getting it and making sure you use the coupon as you do so. Beyond the stories about the inflatable Stay Puffs, one additional merchandise announcement to be aware of is that the Bradford Exchange has announced that they are now selling a five foot tall, about one foot square base lamp. That's the best way to put it. It's not an Egon lamp. Somebody sell me an Egon lamp for real. Uh, Bradford Exchange, wake up. I don't need this thing. I need an Egon lamp. I'm kidding. But um, if you're into collectibles from the Bradford Exchange, they have made a five foot tall lamp with a one foot square base that's made of wood uh, that has Ghostbusters licensed artwork around all sides. Uh, it comes with three light bulbs that apparently have different colors for different color changing features. This is a product that will be limited in release because it's Bradford exchange stuff. Uh, and it is going to retail for about one seventy nine ninety nine. You can check it out on bradfordexchange.com and, uh, Something that I, I probably won't pick up, to be honest, because it's not something I need and it's a five foot tall lamp, <laughs> but it has officially licensed scenes and graphics from both Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Uh, so for those of you who are Ghostbusters 2 fans out there who often feel like you get neglected in the presentation of cool stuff, um, check this out because maybe something you want to know about. Uh, but the Bradford Exchange stuff that's come out so far, if you have any of it, there's a clock they put out. There's the Slimer that's come out recently that levitates uh, over a trap. It's some kind of neat stuff uh, and something worth looking at. I, I Again, I don't know if this is something I'm going to pick up, but it's something I wanted to pass along for folks who might want to check it out. If you have a, you know, I hate calling it a man cave because it implies that only men for some reason do collecting when we know very well there are many women in our fandom as well. Uh, so if you're, I'll call it a nerd cave. If you have a nerd cave, it needs new lighting uh, and you want lighting that's cool and like decorative and represents your hobby well, check out bradfordexchange.com. They have something that may help you. Okay. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk about in terms of news for this week is I mentioned the containment unit last week. And I don't mean the thing in the wall that we store ghosts in. Uh, I mean the Ghostbusters containment unit on Facebook, uh, which is a Facebook group that is dedicated to getting Ghostbusters autographs and that is run by Tom Henry and Matt Sanders. Uh, I mentioned last week that they have opened their signing with Terry Harden, who is one of the Zool, the primary Zool puppeteer uh, from Ghostbusters in 1984 and has a ton of other credits. Uh, I wanted to remind folks that the orders are open for that, but I also wanted to let you know that they have a very limited number of slots that are going to be coming up in the week that this podcast is released uh, for a signing with Slavica Joven. Now, if you're not sure who that is, that's Goza the Gozarian from the, the first Ghostbusters movie. And that is a difficult autograph to get uh, because she does not really make many convention appearances anymore. And as I 
say this not to be morbid, but all of the principal actors of that film are getting older and they're spending less time in the public eye as a result. Um, that is an autograph that if you haven't picked up, you probably will want to if you can get it. So my suggestion is if you're interested in that, um, you should check out the containment unit and the, the full name of the group on Facebook. If you're trying to find them is called the containment unit. We collect spores, molds and ghostbusters autographs. And it's a private group with about 1.7 thousand members. And you can also reach out to them if you wanted to place an order with them or find out more information. They do have a Gmail address, uh, which is ghostbustersautographs at gmail.com. So I know the Terry Harden photo order, photo orders and uh, signing orders are going to cut off by the 16th. So that's about uh, a week from when this podcast is being released. And they're going to announce their, their Slavica Joven uh, slots at some point this week. So if you are listening to this and you're not currently following the containment unit on Facebook, you should go do that uh, so that you know what's going on and it, when those slots drop. They've also sort of teased that they're going to be doing another round of signings with Bob Gunton, uh, who played Ghost Farmer in Ghostbusters Afterlife. And they also are going to be doing another signing. They already do, did one with uh, Bryn Metheny, and I may be saying her name wrong, and if I am, I'm sorry. Uh, but she was one of the voices of uh, one of the mini puffs. And I believe she also has done voices for Pokemon. But if I'm wrong about that, I will have to give a correction next week because I'm not going to stop the podcast right now to go look. Uh, but know that those are options that are coming up out there for you. If you're a Ghostbusters autograph collector and that there are only more things that are probably going to get announced in the future weeks and months. So if you're not following containment unit on Facebook, I know I've probably said it too many times now, go do that. And that kind of wraps up uh, our Ghostbusters headlines for this week. So let's go now to our interview with Matt Zunick of the Los Angeles Ghostbusters and his story of how the LA Ghostbusters have become the Starlight Foundation's happiness heroes uh, for the work that they're doing in raising money and providing fun and play and smiles for kids in hospitals. Joining me now on the Extraplasm podcast is Matt Zunick from the Los Angeles Ghostbusters. How are you doing, Matt? Hey, Jim. Um, I'm doing very well. I am very happy to be here. Congratulations on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, congratulations to you, uh, because one of the things we're going to talk about is your recent uh, recognition from Starlight Foundation as one of their ongoing partners. And what did they, what's the title they gave you as a group? I forgot. I'm sorry. Um, so the the award they gave us were the uh, the Happiness Heroes Award. Apparently, it was an award that they kind of retired not not officially, but they kind of they just weren't really doing much with that title for a while. And then uh, they told us about it, and we were like, "What?" <laughs> and then, sure enough, there there it was a nice little little plaque and a, a nice photo of some kids that we helped and. That was really, really awesome. It's really awesome. We're, that's part of what we're like. We're going to talk about today is that I invited you on the show because um, mm-hmm. I've gotten to know you a bit as a member of the Los Angeles Ghostbusters because I live near L.A. Um, and I've met you a number of times. And for those of you who've never seen Matt, Matt is a very tall person. So when you see a bunch of Ghostbusters all together at a convention, there's one of them that you see before the rest of them over the crowd. And it's Matt. <laughs> so it's true. You, always, I'm often, you can wave to him from across the con. Yeah. He, he's the one. Who they, o- they often think I'm they often think I'm stay puffed from uh, from a mile off. They're like, <laughs> Wait a second. 
What did you do, Ray? Oh, no, it's just one of <laughs> just, ours. It's just Matt. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But I, I, we've gotten to know each other a bit uh, since running. I think the first time we met was uh, Midsummer Scream in 2019, like pre-COVID. And it was like, yeah, was, you were there um, with your with, right. with your group at the time. And mm-hmm. um, some members from uh, some of the folks who were affiliated with Orange County from Ecto Exo were there with their car. And I was a lone right. person walking through the convention with his proton pack who didn't really know anybody yet. I was just the guy from the Internet. <laughs> so, and it, yeah. And as ever, as people kept approaching us and being like, hey, can we get your picture. We were like grabbing you. We're like, get in here, get in here. <laughs> and that was like that was my first experience of engaging uh, sort of franchise culture where it was like, I don't want to be in your photo because I'm not supposed to be because I don't want to like, you know, I'm not stepping on your toes. And people were like, what are you doing? Like, you're just get in this photo. And I was like, I'm allowed. And it's like, of course you're allowed. What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, it's, it's like you're in a flight <laughs> suit. You got goggles on. Like, get in here. Yeah. So and actually that yeah. that con was awesome because uh, somebody else was like, hey, uh, come with us. And just got me into all of the haunts at that convention. Because if for those who've never been to Midsummer Scream, it's a Halloween convention where they have different haunted like, mazes and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, but it was like I realized in that moment, I was like, I could put this on, go places and doors open for me, <laughs> just like firehouse doors, perhaps. But they open. That's right. <laughs> as, as somebody who drives around an ectomobile for their daily driver, I can tell you, y- you get a little bit of special treatment, mostly <laughs> some some weird looks. But once in a while, someone like comes up alongside you and they're like, Ghostbusters. All right. And you're like, thanks. <laughs> thanks, dude. And you you go about your day and that's what it's all about. Well, part of what I wanted to talk with you about is that you've you have all made a really cool engagement with Starlight Foundation. And I will let you talk a bit about what they do and what they're about. But I kind of want to introduce it for folks at home so they know um, Starlight to me was when I realized who you were working with. I had like a mental flashback to Nintendo Power of like 1991 and uh, an article about uh SNES game stations on wheels that some nonprofit organization was building for hospital wards for kids who were like in long term care so they could play video games. And my like 11 year old brain was like, that's the coolest nonprofit that's ever existed. <laughs> right? like, and, <laughs> and flash forward right to like now I get to interact with you and I'm like, oh, that's start. That's the same people who years ago were involved in all of this hospital play initiative stuff as care. So I wanted to sort of talk with you about that before we get into it. I wanted to get a bit about like where you come from. How did you get into sort of the Ghostbusters cosplay experience and sort of the charity support work that you do? And then I want to talk with you a bit about, you know, how did how did you negotiate things that you negotiate to have an ongoing relationship? So we'll start with like you, where you came from. So. Sure. Um, So I'm actually from uh, I'm not from L.A. originally. I'm from Northern California, um, Bay Area specifically. And I grew up uh, like loving movies as a kid, not just like science fiction, but just loving movies in general. And um, the movie that got me to want to move to L.A. and ultimately pursue a career in the entertainment industry was uh, sadly not Ghostbusters, but it was um, (laughs) And and it's not specifically Jurassic Park, but more specifically the making of documentary that aired on NBC that summer uh, that broke down how the effects and how the film was made. And it was like an epiphany going off in a six-year-old brain of, wait, there are more jobs than just policemen, <laughs> firemen, and doctor? 
And the realization that someone's job was to make a dinosaur, I was like, that's the coolest job I've ever seen. (laughs) And so I just, my whole life just became about, I need to go and work in the film industry. And I can't, I went to Long Beach State and then uh, that was my undergrad. And then I went to uh, USC for grad and uh, I've bounced around uh, some of the studios uh, working in post-production and uh, some other stuff. And uh, it's been great. And I ended up getting hooked up with um, doing Ghostbuster stuff. I've always loved movie props. Like as a kid making my own movies, I loved props. Like just props are the coolest thing. It's like it's especially that feeling of like you're able to reach out and pull a tangible item from the uh, from the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm probably dating myself, but if anyone remembers the um, uh, Planet Hollywood restaurants, oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, those, those were for like a movie buff, like especially a kid who was a movie oh, buff. Yeah. It was like. We're going to, we're vacationing in LA. What are some of the things you want to do? I want to go to Planet Hollywood <laughs> and I want to see, I want to see the props that are on display. I need to see and Terminator rem- parts and I need to see yeah. Proton Pack parts and I need to eat bad fried food. <laughs> and I need to see, it's like mother, mother, mother over there is one of the monkey head cups from the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I do not want to be bothered. And so just that obsession with props. I used to try to build my own props at home out of like Lego pieces, out of like, you know, plastic bottles and stuff that, you know, I would pull out of the recycling bin. And, um, and, and all my Halloween costumes were made that way. I always got frustrated going to like, uh, not to throw them under the bus because their costumes have come a long way since the nineties, <laughs> but you, I used to go into spirit Halloween sure. and be disappointed by the onesie, you know, screen printed uh, designs that are just like a set of pajamas. Do you know they're back? With like a print. Do you that like just to, like for one second? Do you know they're back? But, like no joke. If you go to a Spirit Halloween, the Ben Cooper plastic Star Wars costume that you had when you were a child oh, yeah. is back. Oh yeah, for adults. And I'm like, whoa! Like what? That's a deep yeah. cut. <laughs> that's that's the that's what I call like the nostalgia eating its own tail. Oh yeah, for sure. It's very <laughs> it's just much like that. <laughs> Yeah. Once we become nostalgic for things that we really shouldn't be nostalgic for, it's like we've gone too far. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I've seen those. And uh, but as a kid, it's like, oh, no, Darth Vader, like he has like shoulder armor that comes over his chest and the, the helmet has to go all the way around. It's like this big. And I got frustrated that Halloween costumes didn't look how they did in the movie. So I used to make my own. And um, and I always wanted to be a stormtrooper in the 501st but I always just kind of felt like yeah that's that's a that's a pipe dream I'll, I'll never be able to do that and um I went to San Diego Comic-Con when I was in college and uh it was my first time there and I bumped into a Ghostbusters group and uh I don't remember which one it was it was one of the Ghostbuster groups down there and I was blown away that somebody could build a proton pack in their garage like <laughs> I thought that was reserved for the prop masters at the studio and I was asking them all these questions like, well, okay, so how did you do this? How did you do that? And none of that information stayed in my brain, but I was <laughs> just so, it was just because I was so excited. Um, but then years later, I'm working at a VFX house. I'm out of grad school. This is maybe uh, 26, no, it had to be 2017, uh, 2017. And I decided, you know, for Halloween, I'm going to build a proton pack. I'm going to, I'm going to build 
my own proton pack and I'm just going to get some glue, some cardboard, some plastic bottles, and I'm going <laughs> to, I'm just going to do it. And so I did. And, you know, for the, for a first time proton pack, it wasn't bad for a pre screen, a pre spirit Halloween proton pack. Now, now everybody's the, yes. once anybody talks trash on them. The world before the pre spirit Halloween proton pack was the, Hey, what do you got laying around that looks kind of round and kind of rectangle? And what yeah. can you glue you together? A, an old pie tin? Yeah. <laughs> right. Or do you have like one of the one of the uh, the RGB ones from the 80s? Those like yeah. blue plastic ones yep, that you can just bought um, up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Didn't have any of that stuff. So I just got like plastic bottles, bottle caps. Um, I think I got a bean can that I used as an end filter. <laughs> And um, just, you know, put it hot glued it all together and it held long enough. Uh, I think I had it for about a year and a half before I started um, building my my big proton pack for real. But um, all this to say, so I made that Halloween costume and then I went to um, the the Force Friday release of uh, Star Wars toys for The Last Jedi. OK. And and I, I, I know this. it's. Uh, I'm not going to bring up The Last Jedi, but <laughs> just bringing it up to, to put just the time placement. I don't want to talk about it. So um, I'm at Target. It's like 11.15 at night. I'm in my little fold-out chair in front of Target. And these two guys uh, sit next to me. Uh, and they're they're waiting too. And they have 501st uh, shirts on. Okay. And I was like, oh, uh, 501st Troopers? And they're like, yeah. Are, are you a 501st Trooper? And I said, no, it's one of those things that I've always wanted to do, but never felt like I could afford it. I'm sure it's like a, like two, three grand. And they were like, well, you know, and they kind of like talked me off that ledge of like, well, you know, you could do it for like a couple hundred bucks. It may not look amazing, right. but it'll look good enough to approve. And then uh, they asked, like, do you do you build like any any props or anything? And I said, well, I built a proton pack out of cardboard and a bean can. And I showed them <laughs> photos on my phone. and. Uh, and they were like, oh, actually, like, we're Ghostbusters. We're actually part of a franchise. Um, is that something you're ever interested in? And I was like, oh, oh, no, no, no. I, I, I don't I couldn't be on that level. And little did I know that that would be um, Billy Fenwick and Jeremy Treat, uh, two amazing guys that I would go on to Ghostbust with uh, for the next several years. And that was the beginning of the end for me. <laughs> At that point, <laughs> the the franchise bug bit and then I was. I was part of uh, the Southland Ghostbusters for a number of years. Uh, had the, I kept that uh, that cardboard pack for a while until we did an event in the Inland Empire in the middle of July. It was a Christmas in July event, and the hot glue began to melt, <laughs> and so pieces of the pack started falling off. And that's when I realized I got to get a new one of these things. <laughs> So that's and awesome. then, uh, at, I, that, I the next the year I started building like, the fall apart at like on site, you know, and it's just like, oh, well, it was good enough for home. <laughs> then you get them out in the world. It's like, I'm afraid to put things on my car because I'm afraid in the Southern California sun, like I'll just watch some 3D printed uh, radome just vanish, just turn to a puddle in my car roof. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've always <laughs> been tempted because uh, I as driving around an ectomobile, um, there's definitely bits where I'm like, OK, I want to get this 3D printed, but there's a process. There's some chemical treatments and stuff that you have to do to make sure it doesn't melt in right. the sun. Yeah. And it's like, OK, I need to start doing that. Yeah. So, and that's I day, think I was I was trying to think of what event I was at. Um, I want to say like a year ago, a year and a half ago, because it was like happy pre-COVID. Um, I had my proton pack in California and the forecast was for rain. And I was like. 
that's not supposed to happen. What do you do when that happens? How do you take a proton pack out in the rain? Do you take a proton pack out in the rain? Do you just leave it in the car? And I was like so anxious about <laughs> rain for the rest of the day. I was like, I could never live in like Portland any part of like the Portland Ghostbusters and the Seattle Ghostbusters. I would be doomed. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I think we did. Um, at, This was, oh my gosh, I think this was like 2018. We did... Um, Kids can uh, kids for cause no kids can cosplay. That's what it was. <laughs> kids can cosplay events down in um, Orange County somewhere, and uh, it started to rain. So they were huddling people under tents, <laughs> and um, I didn't have my proton pack because I was like, I'm not going to bring it if it's going to rain. Right. Miguel brought his, and we got there. And Miguel was looking around. He's like, uh, I'm <laughs> not going to wear this, and uh, we ended up having a, a good event otherwise. But. Um, yeah, for a little while, everybody was like, who are these guys in, like, gray flight suits? That's weird. It's kind of funny, though. It's like water is the biggest enemy of uh, of, of proton packs, of nuclear-powered uh, <laughs> yeah, proton yeah. accelerators. But We have all this power, but don't get it wet! Yeah, it's like gremlins. Don't get it wet! It's like, you know, yeah. but... Um, so you end up starting out with Southland Ghostbusters, right? Um, originally. Yeah. And that was the franchise mm-hmm. that was sort of the big franchise around L.A., at least when I first moved here. Um and now you're part of L.A. Ghostbusters, right? And yeah, what's what's sort of what's the direction that L.A. has taken um, since you're like sort of I mean, what's your title with L.A. at this point? I guess that's a good question. Well, I, I wouldn't so much as calling it a title, um, but I would I would say that um, I'm the social media administrator okay. for the LA Ghostbusters. I'm really, I, I'm really just a member, the same way everyone else is. Yeah, no, I, I don't, just I don't mean to, to like over, uh, like hierarchy. Like that's not a word. Hierarchize. That's if you get what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to put hierarchy as much as I'm sort of saying like, what are the hats yeah, you wear? Yeah. There's a better question. Sorry. It, it, exactly. And and really, all that means is I manage the social media accounts and I I help do. Um, some of the uh, some of the event outreach if it's needed. Um, Miguel does uh, all of our event coordinating. So, but you know, sometimes he's not there when you know we're asked about something at an event. Like somebody might come up to us and be like, "Hey, there's something going on in October. Can we have you guys there?" And give them the card. We talk to them, and then you know, when we make that connection later on, we'll say, "Hey, Miguel, this was this group. I'm gonna kind of introduce you, and then you could take over." Uh, but yeah, so I'm the social media administrator, and then I also do uh, the majority of the Starlight uh, uh, communication with Jeremy. Gotcha. And Jeremy, uh, Jeremy is the same Jeremy that I met um, right in 2017. Yeah. So yeah. So it would be weird if you like. So I met this first Jeremy, and then he was like, "Listen, I'm going to hand you off to another Jeremy. Um, he's yeah, going to be the other onboarding uh, for all rookies of this particular franchise. You're going to see yeah, rookie yeah, yeah. Jeremy." Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> But he's he's Jeremy, too. We don't like. him. Yeah, he's the one we leave downstairs in the basement next to the containment unit. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hugo, are you upstairs? <laughs> um, yeah. So, yes, it, it is the same Jeremy. So he um, he and I handle uh, all the starlight stuff. So part of when when I began to know you as L.A. Ghostbusters, one of the things that I noticed quickly was like you were very oriented around reaching out and starting to do charity work. And I remember. One of the most like impressive things that I saw you suddenly do was you had this event at Scum and Villainy Cantina where you ran a trivia night. And um, I was like, I really want to go to this. And I don't really know if I should because COVID, et cetera. So I was like, made all the hems and hot reasons not to go. Um, And then I watched from afar and was like, did they really just make that much money for a 
a charity foundation like in one fell switch. How much was it? It ended up being, I, I'm going to round up. It ended up being around $14,000. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I yeah. remember it was like, it was over 10. And I was like, wow, that was like one night of, uh, of engagement <laughs> of like serious yeah, significant yeah. engagement with your franchise. And I was like, this is kind of next level to me to watch a, a group. It's awesome when groups are going out and collect doing raffles, like people who are doing online raffles for proton packs and things and gift packs. Like, Hey, newsflash, there's going to be a giveaway from this podcast. Cause if you're going to promote things, you're probably going to give some things away. Uh, but like the point being that like, I watched you all do something that I considered like a next level uh, sort of fundraising event that went beyond being like a traditional, hey, we're at a con, we're collecting money for this thing. Yeah, we're engaging. We'll take photos with you. You could donate some money to this organization. That would be great. Like everybody does that and it's fantastic. And by no means am I putting down on it. But, but like I watched you all pull off what was legit a fundraising event that netted like almost 15 grand. And I went, wow, that's like, <laughs> who's doing that? Because that's significant. Like that's somebody who's doing fundraising development work. So that's part of why I wanted to talk with you about it. Because to me, that yeah. was like the first eye-opening thing that I went, whoa, what did you just do? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I, I mean, first of all, thank you so much. That to, to know that people like really connected with that event, I, it, it really does mean a lot because a lot of work went into that one. I was so mad I didn't and, go. <laughs> like, I was just like, why well, didn't you go to this? Like, <laughs> So I, I can't confirm anything because things are still very much in flux and we're not nothing is set in stone yet, but you might have a second chance. Woo! So all right. oh, that's all I can say. Um, yeah, our first anniversary is coming up, so yeah, maybe. Um, but, nice. um, but yeah, that, that event was absolute, was an absolute blast. Uh, that was our, we had another event previously as LA Ghostbusters. Uh, but that was kind of like a soft, like a soft, um, intro. And this, this was like, this was meant to be our, like our big splash and it couldn't have been a bigger splash. It was really, really incredible. And, um, I, I do want to kind of tell a little bit of a story about sure, that. Sure. Absolutely. Stories are good. That's why we're here. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I happen to know, um, one of the managers there, um, she and I went way back and, uh, when I told her that I was in a Ghostbusters group, we, we kind of lost touch for a little while. And then when we started talking, she was like, what's this? I hear about you being in a Ghostbuster group. And I, I told her, we should, and we she should was do like, this one thing before we, we should tell people what scum and villainy is in case they don't know. Cause I just realized we, like, we absolutely should. Cause otherwise, like, what are so, you talking? They're going to be totally lost. Like what is, what are you talking? It is a like Star so, Wars cantina bar, right? Like straight yeah. up in Hollywood that you can go to and they run like they like cosplay is 24 seven welcome. Like it's encouraged to come and be like, I'm going to dress as Star Wars or dress as whatever, but Star Wars in particular, right? Um, yeah, they've they've actually. So when they initially started, they were a Star Wars pop up. They yeah. were not, you know, official. They weren't like sanctioned by Lucasfilm or anything, but they were just a little pop up kind of thing. And then they became so popular because they were selling out their tickets every night that they just became a permanent just became installation. A just became, it was like, yeah. we'll stay in business. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the managers there uh, and the owners just decided, you know what, all this like kind of plastered, um, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, aesthetic that is like kind of chipping and, you know, breaking away. Let's redo it and make it permanent. Right. And they did. And it's wonderful. And it became the patio is. Sorry, go ahead. It's well, I was going to say it's like a 
it's more expanded. So like the patio is themed like the um, like the Enterprise from Next Generation. Yeah. Then you go into the cantina and it's it's you know Moss Eisley Cantina themed. But they've embraced their new like kind of slogan is your friendly neighborhood geek bar. Right. So they embrace all franchises, all fandoms. Everyone's welcome. And it's always fun to go on a Star Wars night. And then you just see a couple of Starfleet officers walk in <laughs> <laughs> like like they're going to start something. It's it's fun. I uh, I know that Kevin Smith and uh, Mark Bernardin also host their uh, podcast. The uh, I think he calls it is it Fat Man on Batman. Or so he can't call it that anymore. I think because they told. I think it's like Fat Man Beyond. Yeah, I think it's called Fat Man Beyond because I think they gave him a cease and desist for calling it Fat Man on Batman for too long. Like DC was like, "What are you doing? We love you, but no." Uh, So, um, but so it's. I mean, it's really like it is a a geek hub, right? Like it's it's a way to put it is it's a place that people go to because they are deeply in love with like sci fi and nerd pop culture stuff. So it's a good place to be running. I mean, an event, yeah. right? So, sorry. I, I just want to make yeah. sure we set the tone on that for folks before we just oh, start talking 100%. about it. We were there and then, you know, there was a guy and he was dressed as a nerf herder and you're like, what's what? So, um, anyway. Yeah. Very scruffy looking. He was very um, scruffy looking. Yes. Very scruffy. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. So, I would I was working with JC, the owner, and Megan, uh, the manager there, to establish this event. And I wrote the trivia and um, I had reached out to we had had some connection with starlight at that point we'll get into how that kind of came about mm-hmm. um so they weren't really we weren't on the same kind of partnered connection that we are now right it was very much like they knew about us we'd had some conversations but that was kind of it um and we set up a little facade inside and we had steven uh who was on your podcast uh, he made these really awesome loops that we had on one of the screens behind our members so while I was hosting the podcast, uh, well, podcast, while I was hosting the trivia, <laughs> uh, members were in the on the uh, patio showing off our containment unit and telling people about what we do and telling people about Starlight. And then, you know, these amazing Ghostbuster themed drinks were being served at the bar. And so we were doing a raffle. We were doing trivia and uh, we were having... There was a special like, you know, three, three or five percent of the drinks were going towards a donation to Starlight. So we were telling people like, hey, if you buy the Stay Puffed uh, Marshmallow Martini tonight, (laughs) you know, three, three bucks from that drink is going to go to Starlight. And then at one point it was going so well that uh, JC came up to me and he said, hey, if you encourage people to buy that drink, we'll chip like this is just going so well, like we'll double that donation. Yeah. And so it's like you're donating twice just by getting right. one drink at the bar. And so at w- at one point a guy came up to me and said, "Hey, like I do like kind of like a, a big ch- donation to charity every year. You know, would you give me like a little shout out on the mic uh if I made that donation?" I was like, "Dude, absolutely." <laughs> and so he he ended up donating like $1000 and I was like, "This guy right here, he is <laughs> Someone buy this man a drink. I would, but I'm hosting trivia right now and I can't. But someone buy this man a drink. And I was constantly giving shout outs to the bartenders because holy cow, did they work so awesome. hard. And Carissa, who was um, at the time she was their their lead bartender, she was dressed at the Statue of Liberty and she looked great. It was so good. And she designed all of our drinks and the, the mood slime, the whiskey master. They were all delicious. 
The Stay Puffed uh, Martini, you can still get that. That's a permanent That's addition awesome. to their menu. I, now I yeah. have to go get one because I haven't had you, one. But it's it's very very good. They toast it for you right there. That's awesome. And then at one point, that the night was just going so so well, and I was so relieved because I was so nervous going into the whole thing. I really was freaking out, and you know, I had some some family members uh, back home were having some health issues. We actually lost a family member not soon after that. Um, so I was just really high stress just from everything else going right. on. And this was the one thing that I was really scared of and it could not have gone any better. I was so relieved. Um, but at one point, you know, we're getting ready to go, you know, we're like, all right, it's, you know, one in the morning, time <laughs> to start packing up. And, uh, Megan comes out to me and she says, there's an anonymous donor at the bar who would like to remain anonymous. And so I can't disclose who it was, but this person, I mean, just the, I, I couldn't give a bigger thank you because he actually ended up matching dollar for dollar the total sales of the bar that night. It's amazing. And the it, it was just incredible. It was so amazing of them to do that. Once we ended up getting t-shirts and hats and stuff, I I colluded with Indy. Indy is our um is our quartermaster. He's the guy who makes sure that all of our outfits look uh good and movie accurate. He was like, I was like, indeed, we need to set aside pins. We need to set aside a patch. We need to set aside a shirt. We need to set aside a hat. And we need to send this guy a, a the best gift gift basket ever. Right. Because <laughs> holy cow, we could not have done it without him. Yeah. And uh, I've run into him a couple times uh, after that. And I every time I'm like, I cannot thank you enough. I will thank you till the day I die. Because <laughs> it was such a great event. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, that, that event was so great. I'm, I hope that we can do it again. I hope so too. Cause I want to come. Uh, but, yeah. I, but also I mean, I it was to me, that was the moment where I was like, wow, like, okay, you've, you've really like, there's a, a I don't know how I, you leveled up. I guess that's the way to put it. Um, you leveled <laughs> up in, in terms of franchise this or something, because it's not every day that, uh, you see a group that's able to create that kind of a groundswell of support. And in one, uh, in one night, you know, so um, I was impressed as a person who's done like fundraising and things in his life. And I was like, wow, I, I, that's that's impressive. Good job. So it was definitely it was definitely a group effort. And I while while I have the platform, I want to just give a shout out to every single person who brought their A game that night. All of not just our members, but like everybody who came to the event that night, yeah. because at one point. Because I was I was so stressed, like leading up to trivia that no one was going to play. No one was going to show up. This is going to be a huge bust, uh, pun intended. And uh, Jeremy came up to me. He's like, Matt, you have to see something. And he he pulled me away from the podium, brought me outside. And there was a line of people wrapped down the block <laughs> and around the side of the building. And I I wanted to break down in tears, but I couldn't because yeah, I'm a man. I don't cry. <laughs> um, I did that later when I got home. Uh, but that that's when I knew, okay, I think we'll be all right. Uh, but I cannot express the level of gratitude I have towards our members who really brought it that night to the amazing people at the Scum and Villainy Cantina who they work so hard every single night. And to be able to do that in costumes they're normal that a lot of times they are in costumes right. and they're making these incredibly complex drinks that uh that are on their menu and they're doing it and being just the most polite people on the planet it's like that is 
an amazing skill it's to amazing. have, and they're yeah. they are amazing. And all the regulars who came to the bar that night, I just, I, I can't thank everyone enough for making that event <laughs> the, success. the success that yeah. it was because it was not a one man job, and it it was not just a one group job. Right. It was the it was everybody, everyone at Scum, everybody in our group, everybody who came and donated. Just the biggest thank you. <laughs> so that sort of like sets like and that kind of it's like it's awesome that like you had such a great community, right? Of like support. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really cool to think about in terms of like scum and villainy. If you're a person who like lives around LA or if you live in the California area and you're looking to like run an event, like that's a great place. Um, you know. Yeah. And the community of people at Scum and Villainy, not just the people who work there, yeah. but the community of regulars who right. are there on a, you know, daily, weekly basis. They're all amazing people. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I can't sing their praises enough. So that, so you come out of that event, right? Um, that's around what, what time of year? That's like, a. that was November. Okay. It was a uh, mid November. So it was like right, maybe a week, two weeks before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it's like around, like we're talking in relationship to the movie release. Oh, it was, it was the week before. Yeah. So after life before. comes out the week after, right. Yes. Um, and then the next thing that I think you did after that was all of a sudden there was this photo you posted and there was this photo of a group of people with like a cart just full of Ghostbusters stuff. And oh, uh, was that the toy drive? Yeah. But what I yeah. thought was funny about the toy drive, and this is an inside nerd thing for me, was um, what we're going to talk about for a moment is this was the next Starlight thing I saw you do that I was like, what are you doing? Like, how did you do this? Yeah. Um, you, it was a photo of a bunch of you all at Ghost Core. And yes, you were at Ghost Core with literally like pallet of toys, <laughs> like of just Ghostbusters toys. And the thing I noticed immediately because I'm me is I was like, they have ectoplasm labs. How'd they get those? Yep. <laughs> just like <laughs> I remember I remember posting that photo. I remember getting a message from you saying that's. That's very hard like, to find you over probably here. probably take those and see if you could auction those and use the money for the for the fundraiser. <laughs> like that was my thought when I saw them. Um, but how, so what happened? How did you end up sort of coordinating them with like Sony like that you ended up getting stuff from them? So that one was just another like just odd coincidence of things that just kind of fell into place. Um, so Sony actually put out a like social media initiative for a Ghostbusters toy drive during the holidays. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, they reached out. I I feel like they reached out to every, I don't know if they reached out to every group, but I know they reached out to us because I got an email about it and asking us to participate in it. And I reached out and said that we would. And then we got a follow-up email because uh, they told us like, here's when, the, the date of it, it was going to be more of a national campaign thing. Mm-hmm. It ended up not kind of being that just just because the, the time frame of when, you know, they were they started pushing it. Yeah, it ended up just kind of being like more of a social media campaign more than anything. Yeah, else. I remember I recall still, it was like it was pretty like quick between it was like they said, hey, yeah. there was this day of like Ghostbusters giving and like Ghostbusters toy drives and work with your franchise but it was pre- pretty rapid, like the, the buildup yeah. to it. Yeah. I, th- I think they're going to do something. They told us at the time that like, we really want to do something bigger, you know, next year, or the year after this year, we just really wanted to get the word out yeah. about it. And, and they did. Um, but then they, they said, well, we actually have some stuff here that we'd like to, you know, 
uh, donate if you guys want to come down to the lot and you know do something here with uh, with the toys, and we'll donate them to you know whatever hospital, whatever you know charity organization you uh, you prefer. And so I reached out to our contact at the Starlight Children's Foundation. They said, "Hey, I don't know if there's any way to do a toy donation to right. Starlight." Uh, what can we do about that? And they put me in touch with uh, UCLA Medical, and they have a, a children's hospital. And uh, they they reached out and said we would love to take the toys. And unfortunately, I don't think we can. I still think that they won't really let anyone into the hospitals sure, yet yeah. to like do do photo ops right. or like do like meet and greets with the kids. Um, but at the time, I was. I was like, you know, if, if I could just like drop them off in an ectomobile, I think that'd be, really <laughs> be awesome, great. right? And so, uh, so we we went down, we we uh, got all the toys from Sony. They let us shoot that little, you know, vi- uh, video mm-hmm. out front, and it was amazing. Like it was so cool to be able to do that, and and I don't take any of that for for granted. It was just just amazing. Like walking in, we got there, we and we're like walking up and. We're kind of downplaying it. We're like, okay, be cool, be cool, be cool. And we walk <laughs> into the Ghost Corps office. Um, there, there are people meet us and we go in and there's just this like small mountain of toys <laughs> and it's right in front of the containment unit from Afterlife. Right. We like literally just <laughs> saw this in, in the, the movie lobby theater. for a while, right? It was just like, yeah, hey, we'll just put yeah. it here. We'll just leave it where it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and we were like, is all this for us? And they were like, yeah, whatever you guys can fit in your cars. And that wasn't even all of it. Like there was still more that wasn't like piled up like that. So we managed to fit it all into three cars, my Ecto, uh, Indy's Ecto and, uh, Jeremy's, uh, Jeremy's car as well. And it was just unbelievable. It was so, so cool. And then when the, when the actual like toy drive day came around, I think it was like two days after we reached out to uh, this guy, Brett, who has uh, a cat, like a 59 caddy uh, M&M Ecto. Is that uh, he X- goes uh, by Ecto 1LA? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. And so he came down to uh, Werewolf Studios in Burbank with us. And we did a, a, you know, a short, you know, four or five hour toy drive out in front with our Ectomobiles. And that that went really well. It didn't go as well as I was hoping, but that's because it started raining. I was gonna say, I remember that it rained because like, because we live where yeah. we live, and this is so stupid that like most people are like, how do you remember it rained that day? It's like because we live here, and it doesn't. Yes. So when it rains, yes, it, you're like, oh yeah, that was a rare it. day when it rained. Yeah. They were trying to do a toy drive out in the outside, and it was like, yeah. hey, come on by and drop toys off for kids, but. Also, it's raining, which in California yeah. means everybody just hides. <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say that the toy drive didn't go well. It went extremely well. Sure. We were just like at one point they said, you know, the rain really picked up. And after that, like we just weren't getting as much traffic. And it's like, you're right. Like when it rains in L.A., people <laughs> they don't go hide. anywhere. They just go in the house. So, it's like snow days yeah. anywhere else. It's kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we're hoping to get, uh, we're hoping to do another toy drive this year. Maybe we're, it's, that's kind of up in the air. We have a lot of events coming up, so it kind of depends on like where it falls on the schedule, but hopefully we'll have a, a better turnout for a toy drive. So like part of the reason I like went down these, like, let's hop down these little stones in this river, uh, is cause like, I think this is kind of what leads to your, to your longer term relationship with Starlight though, right? It's like these two events were the kind of the a big jumping points for you, right? Of like kind of having this ongoing relationship with them. 
Um, yeah. And so what, how does that work for you now? Like you're just, this is there, your dedicated charity that you take all your events and funnel your revenue towards, or like, how do you, what's, I guess that's the way to ask this question is like, what is the partnership now that you have with them? How does it work? Yeah. Um, well, let me backtrack a little bit and kind of explain how that relationship kind of came about and then that'll, I can build on top of that. So, um, before we uh, became LA Ghostbusters, we did an event out in Banning, California, which is, for anyone who's not aware, like Banning is sort of a, a maybe the three quarters of the way point between Los Angeles and like Palm Springs. Okay. It's way out there in the middle of the desert, um, very rural, uh, kind of low income kind of community. And they were going to have like the Banning uh, Street Fair Comic Con which is basically like a bunch of local artists, local vendors come out, like local food vendors, and they just throw, the city, uh, the Chamber of Commerce throws this big little street event for uh, for the town, and they could bring their kids, and they can, you know, do this. There was a bouncy castle, there were activities, there was like face painting, and then there was us, the Ghostbusters. And we were doing uh, donations to starlight just because um jeremy introduced me to them and said oh this is an organization that does some really great work uh for kids in hospitals and i read about them and i was like yeah i think if we can do fundraising that's that was my whole thing was like i really felt like what's the point of having all of this cool stuff if we can't find a way to give back to our community if we can't make our community a better place and you know what conventions and um and going to Sony, all of that stuff is great. And I don't want to like say that like, oh, you know, psh, whatever. It's amazing. <laughs> we hate and I, going and I feel to Sony. S- it's the worst yeah. ever. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> and I feel, I feel so lucky to be able to do all that. I honestly would give it all up if it meant that we could do like, if someone said you can't do fundraising anymore, I would hang up my proton pack. I'd be like, nah, then I don't want to do right. this. Because I really strongly feel like if if I'm not giving back to my community, if we're not trying to put some good out there, then there's no point to any of this. I my apartment is not very big. The proton pack is not very small, so <laughs> it takes up a lot of space. So I so we agreed that when we started LAGB, that it would be um, charity focused. That we were you know everything we do, let's find a charity angle if we can. And so that's why at cons, we have uh, QR codes and we have a little cash box uh, for donations to Starlight. Um, so, yeah, everything we do has a charity component. And uh, so how we got connected with them, we were doing that event in Banning and we were doing um, people were scanning a QR code at our booth and that would take them to the Starlight page where they would donate. And people were donating and in the notes they were saying you know from the los angeles ghostbusters or you know met the los angeles ghostbusters or i'm sorry actually it was uh we were southland at that point gotcha um uh you know met the ghostbusters and uh i'm donating and uh not long after that uh we i got an email from starlight and they were saying hey so not complaining but what's the deal with ghostbusters and i (laughs) I, I mentioned the whole thing to them. I gave them the whole spiel and they were like, oh, that's a thing. 
And I was like, well, I mean, it's a, it's a thing to us. So yeah. And, um, we ended up having a really awesome call with, um, with our, they're now our contacts there. We had this really awesome call where we broke down, like, you know, there's fandoms out there that have these franchises, these groups that focus on charity and focus on community outreach. And we, you know, name dropped the 501st and the Rebel Legion right. and the Mando Mercs. And then we said, and we consider ourselves like the Ghostbusters equivalent to that. And then uh, they said, okay, great. I mean, do you guys have an event coming up that you might want us to maybe like come by and do a little meet and greet? And that was around the time that LA Ghostbusters started and we said, well, we have this event at uh, Scum and Villainy Cantina. If you guys want to come out and say hi. And they did. Then they did. That was our first like real meeting gotcha. of the Starlight people. And I, th- I think that event, as, as we mentioned earlier, it went so well that they were like, OK, these guys, these guys can do something. So that's how that connection started. Gotcha. And as far as like to answer your other question, are they the primary uh, like group exclusive group that we work with? As of right now, yes. Uh, that's not to say that we couldn't at some point work with other groups. I, I uh, One of our members asked us, like, hey, do we only have to fundraise for Starlight or can we do other stuff? And I said, you can fund, we can fundraise for wh- whomever. Right. This was, you know, uh, during Pride Month, we did a small fundraiser through our Instagram for um, the LGBTQ uh, Center in Los Angeles. And I think we raised like $500 and, um, you know, I'm happy to, I'm happy to give back to my community in general and right. any organization that I can give back to, I would love to give back to starlight is the big one that we formed such a special bond and special connection with so early in our, in our, in our birth that it's just, it's been home for us. Sure. And so, you know, I, they would never in a million years, like, you know, throw us under the bus if we said, hey, you know, so this month we're going to, you know, fundraise for another group. I'm sure they would be very <laughs> like, No, that's it. We don't take your money anymore because. But no, that's it. You care about uh, kids who uh, are, are looking to get shoes. So um, yeah, that's yeah. not kids in hospitals. So you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think anything like that's uh, that's on the horizon. But we but we do work with them pretty exclusively right now. Again. I'd be happy to work with other organizations too. It's just they were they were the first in line, they were the first there, and we love working with them. And a lot of the people that we've uh, that we've connected with have become part of our lives in in ways beyond just Ghostbusters. Yeah. So yeah. So that's really cool. I think mean, I think it's uh I think it's really interesting how you've kind of got out there and started running these events to a point where you attracted the folks who were getting the money to go. Who's donating that? Like what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Of this. I did not know that piece of the story and I like it because it's kind of like, you're just making impact. Like you weren't going out to go find people be like, Hey, pay attention to us as much as like you're donating stuff. When you donate, it's like, who's it come from the ghostbusters? What? <laughs> like, yeah. okay. Like, yeah, no, it was, it was really as simple as that. It was just, you know, we were just doing a fundraiser. no, no intention of ever like making anything more than just encouraging people to donate to a good cause. And through like the couple of donations, that's a couple of different events. It just, they reached out to us and 
So and that was the end of it. Most recently, then I believe like what you had going on was an event. I know that you had struggled because you weren't able to go yourself, right? But the there was an event it's at San Diego Comic Con uh, to also yeah benefits. the cross rib yeah. So um so was that kind of like the continuation? Like is that the the, the continuation of the Starlight mm-hmm. Partnership and the Sony Partnership, or how does the the, the cross rip come together in San Diego? Um, yeah. Well, the, the cross rip came together. Um, very, very quickly. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that was very much up in the air beforehand that we were trying to lock down. Like there were certain things that, you know, certain donations of like uh, prizes and auction items that we weren't sure we were going to get. And then we ended up getting them. And then a bunch of other prizes that we didn't know we were getting, we ended up getting. <laughs> so everything really fell into place very, very fast. And unfortunately, the, um, I ended up getting very sick uh, the week before and that illness carried over into the week of uh, that event. And I unfortunately was not able to host the trivia, but um, fellow LAGB member, uh, Noel Cox, shout out to Noel. Who I always um, think of as I, when I met him, the first time I met Noel, what I was told was, oh, he's the mayor. And I was like, what, what does that mean? And they were like, he's the mayor. And I was like, what? And then I found out like he apparently was the mayor at Knott's Berry Farm. If I don't know. If he that's... is. So I was like, oh, no, he's he, like, he still is he's the mayor at Knott's Berry Farm. OK, he so, is. And shout the out man to is Noel. a natural performer. Yeah, the, the man is just he's a very gifted natural performer. <laughs> and he carried he carried the trivia that night admirably. And, you know, every member of LAGB uh, carried that whole night. Um, it, uh, unfortunately I, like I said, I couldn't make it. Um, I know that it, it was, it was kind of bumpy. Uh, that's not to say it was a failure. It was not it. we raised a lot of money. Starlight was very happy. Everybody who went the yes, have some podcast guys came and they had a great time. Uh, but it was, it was just a very busy event and all of our members who were in attendance, it was just something that kind of it was just so much yeah. that it, everybody was just exhausted afterwards. <laughs> and it, it it was one of those things where it was like, it was so crazy that everybody was like, I just want to go home. <laughs> I never want to do this again. Um, uh, but, uh, but I know that I know that it went well and uh, it's hard sometimes when you plan these events, when things don't go exactly as you see it. Yeah you tend to, at least I do, I tend to fixate on the things that went wrong versus the things that went right. Yeah. And honestly, the night did go really well. There were, there were some hiccups for sure, but the people who were in attendance, they had a great time and that's the important thing. And you end up generating additional revenue for Starlight, right? And yeah, um, I think we ended up doing almost, uh, almost five grand that night. And Comic-Con is always crazy. Some of our members were at the convention earlier that day and then came to the event. Right. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, That's a day. I don't. That is a day and a half. Yeah. for Sure. Um, so I know that they were really tired with it. And I, I wish I could have been there because I I I don't really go to Comic-Con anymore just because it's too crazy. They don't offer me a professional registration anymore. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, fine. Who needs you? Um but I was going to go just for this event and the fact that I couldn't be just one more person, you know, helping things along yeah. really frustrated me and made me very sad that I couldn't be there. But um, one of the great things that came out of that event was we did our first silent auction with some, you know, pretty high profile prizes, like stuff that I was like, whoa, 
Yeah, these I are saw, still out I there. I saw those auctions items and I went, you have one of those MP3 players from FanFest. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, you, you might see one again. So. <laughs> well, then uh, I may have to keep my my wallet open for bidding. Uh, but <laughs> we uh, we were we got a very significant donation of uh, that. I, I can't disclose who it came from, but um, we do have quite a few things to that that we just need to get rid of. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, we cannot hold well, on I'll just to this. Come by. Let me know your address. I'll bring the car. Yeah. We'll just load it up. I'll take whatever you don't need. I assure you. Uh, no, yeah. but. <laughs> we do have a um I, I will give you a little teaser. Um so we are gonna do another silent auction uh for our first year anniversary. That's awesome. Um that event, I'm not sure what it's gonna be yet, but we will, you know, announce it when it's uh when it's time to announce. We will have a silent auction and we will have something from uh Sideshow, uh Sideshow Ooh, Collectibles. Exciting. Yeah. I got a chance to meet up with them at uh, at Star Wars Celebration. I was introduced to them through nice. a friend, and they they were like, "Oh my gosh, you guys do Ghostbusters? <laughs> we have some Ghostbuster stuff. If you ever want to oh, raffle it off for charity amazing, or auction it off, so. you know, you, a lot of people don't realize this, but um, Sideshow, Entertainment Earth, like all these companies are just like in Simi Valley, <laughs> like they're yeah. they're all like yeah. just in Ventura County, just right over the LA border, and you're like." Oh, can I come to your warehouse and hang out for a while? <laughs> so when I reached out to them and I said, hey, um, when, you know, whatever you guys want to send over for this event, you know, feel free to do so. They said, oh, yeah, we're going to send you this and uh, we're going to ship it tomorrow. And I was like, oh, oh, OK. And then it got to my house in two days. <laughs> I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, see me, Valley. Yeah, yeah that's it, why. it's kind of funny when that happens. Um, I, I actually had a conversation once with Entertainment Earth because they shipped something. And they shipped it FedEx, like shed a FedEx smart post. And so it left the state. It like literally went from Simi. Like I live 15 miles from Simi Valley. <laughs> the thing left the state and came back. And I was like, yeah, it's what like, are had you, you known doing? you would have just driven like, over yeah, there? I would have just yeah. came by. You could have left it in the parking lot. <laughs> like, oh, entertainment earth. It's kind of funny. Uh, but um, so I guess like, cause we're kind of, we've been talking for a while and I know we've been doing a lot of like history lesson about LAGB. But, yes. but part of the reason, admittedly, that I wanted to do that is that I know that a lot of like i talk with folks and they're like what goes on on the west coast i'm like what do you mean like well like who are the franchises like what do you like what do you mean who are the franchises on the west coast like what are you talking about but i feel like there is sort of a like uh an a lack of awareness about what goes on around our community outside of our community to some extent because i think that's kind of how ghostbusting goes a little bit like everybody's yeah like we're all everybody has franchise pages and whatnot but the folks are often talking to their local community most and then they are the broader community in senses. But I also wanted to sort of get some insight from you, like, because I think you had experience that's helpful for other people, right? Like that's for people who want to engage in making the leap a little bit from like, hey, we sure. we do a bake sale uh, <laughs> at the Walmart, which is yeah. also awesome. If you're <laughs> selling donuts at Walmart for for leukemia, not for it, but to stop it. Um, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't fundraise for leukemia. No. Fundraise against no. leukemia. Leukemia has um, got enough enough press lately. Yeah, so it's got enough. It's got enough people <laughs> supporting it that are terrible. No, uh, but yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> those damn leukemia fans. Uh, <laughs> Curse you. Um, yeah. What's if you had to provide like some insight to folks, like what do you think the most important things to be doing, especially as a franchise that's like because you started out as an, you rebooted sort of in a sense, like those of you who started LAGB kind of created a new experience for yourselves a bit. 
What do you think you need to be doing as a new and up or an up and coming franchise in an area to create good connections with charities? Like, how do you do that? I mean, so um, that's a that's a that's a tough one. Um, so this, I'll give you a, a, another little bit of history. I won't yeah. ramble on this. No, time. It's, you're fine. Um, but but one of the reasons why we decided to go start Los Angeles Ghostbusters uh, was because. Um, when we were with the Southland group, uh, amazing group of people, and I cannot thank them enough for giving me an opportunity to ghostbust alongside them and not judging me for having a cardboard proton pack <laughs> or, you know, having a navy blue flight suit at the time right. and not a, you know, charcoal or or khaki tan. Where um, was your Gibson were, and Barnes? What's wrong with you? Like, come oh, on. my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, so I, I really, I cannot thank them enough for giving me a chance to be a part of that and to bring my voice to that. Um, it was an incredible opportunity and I, I love those guys and I I wish them all the best because they are amazing people. Um, but at the end of the day, we just kind of didn't really see eye to eye on what we wanted to do, like as a, as a group and, those of us who really felt passionate about the fundraising stuff and, you know, maybe we could do something bigger. Maybe we can do something more. Um, just kind of felt like, you know, we're, we're going to go do our own thing and that's just what we're going to do. And it came from having these talks when we decided to, to, to spin off and kind of go off and do LAGB. We spoke to each other a lot to try to figure out okay, what is the vision for this group? How do we see it? Because if we can't be on the same page about what we want to be doing and where we want to go, then, you know, this, this won't last. It'll fall apart. And we need to all be on the same page about that. And it all came down to everybody having a passion for not just Ghostbusters, but a passion to give back to their community. We all had that same vision that if we're not doing good work to support good charities that hold our visions and hold our, our, um, our values, then, then what's the point of any of this? And so, um, once we all got on the same page about that, we had a couple of meetings where we just kind of outlined, okay, what do we want to be doing? What kind of events and how do we take an event like going to a convention and how do we make that a fundraiser opportunity? And, uh, the first couple of, uh, conventions, it just came down to, okay, let's have a QR code. Let's have, you know, some, um, let's have a QR code on, on, uh, these little, these little acrylic stands and let's have QR codes on our business cards. Let's have QR codes on these little pamphlets and let's just give the guests every opportunity to donate if they want to. And if they don't donate here, they can at least walk away with a flyer and they might donate later. Right. And that's cool too. And when we started talking with Starlight, they were like, you know, we have this thing. It's called a dip jar. And it's a little, it's like a little uh, terminal with a credit card slot. And we can program it from, you know, from our offices right. to do whatever like minimum donation. And we found that like a $5 donation was kind of a nice sweet spot. And there were people who were like, it became almost like a, like a little carnival game for them. It's like you put the card in, <laughs> you see the lights go. And then they're like, is that it? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, 
can I do it again? Oh, you, got, like, this, you can do it. Like, as, if I had this, I would be like, you have to redress that as like a ghost containment system. Use your ghost card. But. <laughs> we have talked about that. The only reason why we haven't done it is because the dip jar that we have is actually on loan from Starlight. Gotcha. And we've we've spoken to them about like, hey, could we get like one that's like permanently ours? And that's that's something we're talking about. Yeah. It's not official. It's not something that's like for sure going to happen. But it's like, well, it's this is like what you're hitting on here is like something I want to like sort of stop and talk about for a second, because it's sure. I think one of the challenges for franchises um, is figuring out like, how do you take money? Right. Like, how how do you take yeah. money and not? find yourself in a legal situation because you have taken in money into a personal bank account, right? Or because you've, uh, you don't, because your, your franchise is not a 501c3, right? So it's like, how no, do you, you know, no, there, there are a few, and I don't mean your specific, there are a few, very few franchises out there who have managed to get themselves 501c3 status. So it means yep. that they are dealing with <clears throat> income that's coming in. So what I think is really interesting you're talking about is that your partnership with uh, with Starlight is an interesting and unique one to me because it's one where they are the, the direct recipient of the funds. Like you don't actually, yes. in, in, unless it's like you get cash donations by, by chance at a con, you're not typically taking in revenue directly as much as you're directing people toward a revenue stream that they can like yes. go dump their money into and watch it float away to something better. Uh, right? So, <laughs> but yes, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was something that when we talked about doing fundraising, that was something we talked about heavily because I, I never want us to be in a position of, com of being compromised, right. like where someone could poke holes in our group and say like, well, wait a minute, where's that money going? And so that's why when we first started, we were like, okay, no cash. We were just like, no cash at all. We don't want to be responsible for it. What we're going to do is we're just going to do the QR code. And then when we got the dip jar, it was like QR code and dip jar. That's the way this is done. Right. We will help people if they have trouble navigating the website, uh, but no cash. But then we found that there were an awful lot of people who were like trying to give us like 20s at, at mm -hmm. a convention or at, a, at an event. And when we said, you know, I'm so sorry, we don't take cash. They would go, okay, well, I'll, you know, I'll donate online later. And maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. But you can't help but kind of feel like, man, that was a $20 donation right. that we just missed out on. <clears throat> so, excuse me. Uh, so we ended up bringing in a cash box, a little, a little cash jar. And what we do at the end of the event is we count it out. And then um, we either bring it to a bank and we get like a cashier's check and we send it to Starlight. Gotcha. Um, I think at our last event, we ended up giving the cash directly to Starlight because we actually had their cash box from the Crossroop event. Gotcha. So again, we just like passed it off to right. them. Um, but if we if we are actually in a bit of a pinch, a member will make the donation for the total amount of cash. And then that's that. Right. Just like, OK, there's a donation. They made it through the website. And you know, I've maintained all of the receipts on our on our emails so that like if anybody had any question about where the cash was going, like we could always say, here's the receipt for this and here is where that money went. So um, thankfully, we've we've never had an issue at, you know, fingers crossed that we never do. Right. Um, so, yeah, but I, I've always felt very strongly that. I'd rather guide people to the place to make a donation 
because I never want us to be in a position where we're handling someone's money and I don't ever want them to feel like it's not going to the place that it's going to. Um, so yeah, we try to avoid cash if we can, but we will take it. And I want everybody to know like that money does end up at Starlink. Yeah, no, I mean, I, that was the question was never like, do you guys just keep it and spend it on beer and Chinese food? Because <laughs> uh, they don't, I know you don't, but just, no, as much no, as I just no. think that like, I think it's an interesting question because like I'm a person who would well, would love to run like a giveaway online, right? And be like, I have a rare thing that I want to put online and give and do and donate. And even if I were to do that through eBay, right? Like I'm donating that out of that point out of I have to take in the, the money from yes. the payments from eBay, which I then have to be able to illustrate. I either donated 100 percent of right and then write off. And so, so it's like it's complicated. And I think that yeah. one of the two things I'm hearing you say so far in like this discussion of this is like one plan like communicate with your other group members about what you are and are not going to do and that you're comfortable with right and sort of say yeah this is we are going to, to take cash or we're not right or we're going to do these kinds of events or we're not going to do these kinds of events uh because we yeah. want to stay you know focused on a particular organization or not uh and this, the second thing is be accountable right like have yes. a plan of accountability for your money absolutely yeah what I kind of wanted to like, and I want to leave you with like, I want to leave on two questions. Um, if that's cool with sure. you. Um, yeah, yeah. What, if there's one single biggest piece of advice that you would give to uh, a, either a, a, fran a franchise that's trying to create an ongoing connection with a, with, mm -hmm. with a community organization, what is that one single piece of advice you would give them most? Uh, com uh, communication. Clear concise communication and not just with your members uh, but mostly with your members but also with your community at large yeah um you know reach out to you know businesses that are in your community that you like and that you support um you know there's a local ice cream shop um here in pasadena that i've gone to and i've asked them like hey do you guys ever do like special events or like fundraisers anything like that and they were like, yeah, on occasion, like, why do you, are you interested? And I was like, well, I'm part of a Ghostbusters group and, you know, we're local, we're the LA Ghostbusters. And usually I run back to my car and get a business card. <laughs> um, and I, and I say, we do uh, local like community events, typically with, uh, with a charity aspect to it for the Starlight Children's Foundation. If that's ever something you're interested in, like, please reach out. Usually Halloween is when people do it. Right. So, uh, yeah. And so having that line of communication letting letting your community know that you're here to do stuff to not just raise money for charity but also draw in you know business right. to local um yeah local vendors and local shops i mean that kind of thing goes a long way neon arcade which is a, a retro arcade here in pasadena i i i have loved those guys for so long they're such a wonderful place for families it's like 15 bucks for the day you can play as many like cabinet games they have a nintendo switch and and everything in the back for you to play too they do party they, they do everything it's such a wonderful place and we just haven't found the time to like have a an event with them but i reached out to them way back when and i was like hey ghostbusters and they were like yes please so <laughs> one day we'll do it but yeah, communication is, it, it's so, so important. Communication yeah. with, with some empathy, like understand that everybody is in a different place. Everybody's going through their own stuff. And, you know, if, if, if the communication is lapsing, 
you know, if it's not on your end, you know, maybe something's going on with them. And right. then just using that communication to reach out and be like, hey, you know, how are, how are things? And checking in and making sure that you're on top of stuff like that and maintaining those relationships in a professional uh, manner, I think is so, so important. Good. I think it's good advice. I Me, mean, to be fair, I do teach communication studies, so I'm going to agree with you. But <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like, knew who I was talking that's right. to. You like you answered the question correctly. You got an A for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. But, it. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think that you have to be out there. I think even engaging with um, local businesses, right? Like part of that is about being able to help them promote what they do, but it's also about getting them involved oh, yeah. in the community mission. If you're out there like engaging with an arcade or a pizza joint and you're like, hey, we want to come in, we want to do this, but we also want to be able to take like 10% of proceeds and kick them towards this charity event or 5%. So we're going to bring in business to you for the day. We're going to have like firehouse pizza event. See, I'm pitching one, by the way, just in case you weren't clear. This is, <laughs> hey, there you this go. This is my event, the pizza event. It's going to happen. I'm writing this down. Um, <laughs> I'm writing it down. Fake <laughs> Maniacs Paranormal Pizza Showdown. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I think that that engagement is really so important, right? That you've got to be able to go yeah. out and talk with people. And I think that that's a really good piece of advice to go and talk. And it doesn't mean like show up in flight suits. It means like show up with a business card and talk like and before you even absolutely jump into the flight suit land. Yeah. But also like communication to to people that approach you of like be very clear about what your group does. Yeah. You know, we there there are some events where people have asked us to participate and I, I don't really want to go into detail, but it's like, you know, we're we're not that kind of a group. Right. Like it's and and some in some cases I've asked like, okay, yeah, that sounds like fun. Is there any opportunity for us to do like a children's charity fundraiser and they go, well, that's not that kind of event. We typically go, yeah, that's not really our kind of event either. Yeah. So, and that's okay. Just be very honest with people and just, you know, under like, let them know like, Hey, we would love to help you out. This, this particular event is really not the kind of thing for us. Um, but please consider us for future events. Please consider us for anything else you have going on. We'd love to talk. Um, and that usually happens around Halloween because things just get so busy where, I mean, last year there were events every day. I'm not joking every single day (laughs) and you just have to turn some down. You have to say, look, you know, this event sounds so much fun and it sounds so great. Unfortunately, our schedules just won't align for this. Please consider us for future events for this one. I'd like to recommend you to the OC Ghostbusters. You know, they might have some availability. I'd like to recommend you to the Southland. They might have some availability. So also being a part of the Ghostbusters community, you know, get to know your other franchises if if you can. Yeah. And, you know, th- work with them, you know, reach out to them and be like, hey, we're a new franchise. We're over here. We know you guys are over there. Hope you guys are doing well. If you'd ever like to collaborate on something, we're here. Right. And uh, and if something doesn't align schedule wise, you can always say like, hey. This other group does amazing work. Maybe reach out to them. Yep. And cross pollinate. I think it's like one of the things that. Oh, yeah. You know, I want I want to see so much more of in the it's part of why I made this podcast. I, I don't mean to keep I, if you're on this episode of the podcast, like every episode he talks about why he made the podcast. Um, <laughs> but, but it is part of like um, I want there to be a world where people are able to engage in sort of synergy, you know, and, and absolutely take like the things they're doing together and dovetail them in a way that lets everybody promote. And when it comes down to charity, like it's a good way to take the projects people work on and those charity engages. So it's like even a situation where like maybe you don't do 
one type of event, but you know, somebody else does like, and I'm just using it as a hypothetical, but like there are some group ghostbusters groups that are totally content to do birthday parties, right? They're totally happy, oh, right? Like a hundred percent and they enjoy it and they're really good at it. And they take the, mm-hmm. they get donations for doing it and they take that and give it to a charity. Right. And it's like, that's yeah. a good model for some people, but it's not a good model for everybody. Right. And so, and, and that's, and that's an example of an event that we typically don't do. Um, just because, you know, birthday parties for, uh, for the kind of stuff that we do, birthday parties just are not a great, yeah. like a venue we have done in the past, like, especially when COVID was really the, the early days of COVID, uh, we did a couple of drive by birthday parties. That sounds crazy, <laughs> but like we would drive up in our ectomobiles, jump out and everybody was on the, on the front lawn and they're like, Hey, the Ghostbusters. And we're like, where's the. Where's the birthday boy or where the, where's the birthday girl? And they were in a flight suit. We're right. Like, All right, here. Now we got PKE readings in your area. Now you got to help us bust this ghost. <laughs> and we would do like these little 15, maybe 20 minute interactions. Then we pose for photos. Right. And we say, thank you so much for having us. We just got another call. We got to go. And then we hit the road. <laughs> we, you know, lately because of everybody's schedules, it's become a lot harder to do those. And so we just kind of we've been asked before and we just go, you know, we typically don't do birthday parties, but I always try to recommend another group that does or another group that I I know has done Mm -hmm. parties in the past. And there's so many Ghostbuster groups, especially down here in in LA that do amazing work. Sure. And so it's like, you know, Hey, there's the Valley Ghostbusters. There's the Hollywood Ghostbusters. The Hollywood guys are great. Um, And then there's the Southern California guys. There's OC. So there's just, there's so many wonderful people in all these other groups. So it's like, you yeah. know, we may not be able to be the the group of choice for this particular event, but there is another group that can absolutely bring it right. to whatever event you got going on. If it's not us, it'll be somebody else. And we want to, we want to be a part of that synergy, as you said, of just like, we are all one fandom. Yeah. So, so if we could, yeah. if people are, will are, are able to help each other access events, even if it's not the right ones for them, it helps the fandom and it helps the do the sort of charitable work that, I mean, I say this is like, you know, it's part of the part of the reason that a lot of us do this. It's like, we enjoy our fandom because it helps make other people happy and it helps to generate revenue or whatever it is. It generates joy for others. So, and so that's yeah. my last question for you. And this is sure. You don't have to like, if you, if you don't have to give us all the detail, cause you like might not want to, I guess it's not my last. Cause I really want to know also what you have coming up as you're going to plug it. I want to know you can plug at the end of like what's coming up, but what I is can, I can plug a few things. What is your dream event if you could run one? So my dream event uh, actually might be on the horizon. Um, my dream event would be a big uh, starlight fundraiser where we could do trivia at at a at a bar at a restaurant where we could have a certain percentage of drink proceeds where we could do a raffle with some amazing prizes where we could also have a silent auction of some equally amazing prizes that collectors will find very interesting and where we could have a fandom interaction a fandom effort to do something bigger than any one group gotcha and that is something that i have been working on for almost um eight or nine months it's something that i've worked with starlight it's something that starlight has worked with sony on gotcha so there is something coming 
I can't officially say what it is <laughs> just yet, but it is something that um, that the entire Ghostbusters fandom is going to want to be a part of. Gotcha. And the, and we, I've I, I'm really want to draw that like this is a starlight thing. Right. It's not an LEGB thing. It's something that they uh, started spearheading that we just happened to have the connection with them that they told us about. And we were just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Can we, and I, I pitched this idea of like reaching out and getting a much bigger swath of the fandom involved. And they were like, this is something that we're going to do regardless of, you know, LA Ghostbusters. Gotcha. So you guys do what you got to do. So something will be announced very, very soon. Uh, but uh, yes, there is something very big. So coming. a big collaborative event, in other words. But um, yeah, a big collaborative. Uh, there was going to be a big event and then there's going to be a big collaborative uh, fundraising effort for something very particular. Cool. And this is something that Sony has been working with Starlight on. And I, I, I really can't so wait will, for everybody to see what it's going to be. We will say that the dream be. is a wait and see that everybody has to see. Like, you have to come on back and they have to come back on afterwards and talk to us about how it goes. Um, which uh, be great. Absolutely. I'd love to. Anything yeah. else that you want to plug that's coming up that people should know about that's in, that going on with Starlight or LAGB? Um, sure. Um, yeah. So we have a couple of events that are uh, confirmed. So uh, the next event we're doing is, uh, is a private event for the Burbank uh, Film Festival. Uh, we're we're going to be there just providing some atmosphere and talking to people about our mission, about Starlight, and we'll be providing our QR codes as normal if people want to donate. Um, and then our next event after that, a more public event, uh, we will be at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery for the Senespia screening oh, of you're gonna the original. We will. <laughs> we will be there with at least one of our ectos. I think... Uh, right now, it's just Indy's Ecto. Gotcha. Uh, Miguel's Miguel's talking to them to see if they could put mine in there. Mine is not as cool as Indy's, but we'll see. I just saw um, the tickets so we, for that, which is why I was like, I wonder if I should go to this. And I was like, I'm going to the Alamo Draft House, so I don't know if I should go. And you're like, we're going to be there. I'm like, now I'm probably going to go. <laughs> yeah, we, we will definitely be there. Uh, so we have to get there and set up early. We'll be providing some atmosphere again, some uh, some photo ops. Gotcha. And of course, you know, preaching the good word about Starlight. And then uh, the next event that we have officially like confirmed is the Victorville Trunk or Treat at Sunland Ford in Victorville, California. That's a bit of a drive from L.A., but we did that last year. That was our like soft premiere. Gotcha. Um, our first our first event that we did. And it was so great because Victorville, a wonderful town with amazing people. It's very rural, low income community. And we were able to have this big trick or treat for all. All the kids and families in that community, they all came out. We just had an absolute blast. So we're awesome. doing it again this year. There's also another event in Victor in Victorville, uh, I think two weeks before that, uh, that we might do. We're not, it's kind of all dependent on our, if our schedules align. Um, so the uh, Trunk or Treat in Victorville at Sunland Ford, that's going to be October 29th. The Senespia screening of Ghostbusters at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery is, no, September 17th. And then if anyone is going to be at the Burbank Film Festival, stop by and say hi. Uh, we'll be there the evening of September 9th and the evening of September 10th. Okay. And then where do people follow you on social media? Uh, you can find the Los Angeles Ghostbusters at LA Ghostbusters on Instagram. 
And then on Twitter, it's at the real LAGB. And then on Facebook, it's at Los Angeles Ghostbusters. And then you can find me uh, personally on Instagram at Matt Does Voices. And you can find me on TikTok at Matt Does Voices. And I'm not on Twitter. So there you go. Um, and then yeah. lastly, Starlight Foundation is starlightfoundation.org. Is that correct? Uh, it is just starlight.org. Okay. So if it's you're uh, starlight.org. Yeah. yeah, if you're interested, starlight.org. Uh, you can check out their Instagram. It's at Starlight Children's Foundation or their Twitter at Starlight US. And yeah, I can't sing their praises enough. They're a very cool organization. And it makes me, it yeah. warms my heart to know that I spend time and sometimes get to help, help out and come down to cons and bum around with you all and raise a little money for those people who were in Nintendo power when I was a kid warming my heart. I admit, I admit it's like, it's a very much like a full circle thing for me when I see this happen, because I'm like, I thought this was so cool. And it just connects like my inner child that loves Ghostbusters is the same inner child. that's like, I love the super Nintendo and Mario paint was awesome. (laughs) Like So, So, so I have, I have one last story that I want to share with you before we go. Sure. And it has to, it has to do with that. Okay. So, um, so earlier this year, a good friend of mine, uh, Amy Reed, I went to uh, USC with her. She texted me and she said, by the way, my son, Patrick and Patrick, just the sweetest kid since he was uh, four or five years old, he found us at an event and just glommed onto us. He wanted to ask every question about proton packs, about the <laughs> Echo One, about the firehouse. And he has followed us from Southland to Los Angeles. And he's just such a passionate Ghostbusters aficionado. Like even at six years old, he's so dedicated. Yeah. Um, he became very ill and had to go to uh, go to go to the hospital. He's fine. He has since recovered and made a full recovery. Good. I'm glad. Um, but um, but Amy texted me and she said, so Patrick's in the hospital. Uh, he's not feeling all that great right now um, because he's bored out of his mind. It would mean a great deal if you could, you know, send him a video. We sent him a birthday video a while back and he's like, it would mean a great deal if you could send him a video to cheer him up. And so we did. And then she texted me and she said, oh, so it looks like Starlight is in this hospital. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and so I, so I emailed our, our, um, our Starlight connection and it turns out, so they wheeled in a Nintendo system <laughs> And wouldn't you know it, the game that they had for Nintendo was Ghostbusters the video Yay. game. <laughs> and she sent me a photo of Patrick, his just the biggest smile on his face holding the game. That's so and funny. And she's she was like, he it really cheered him up. And she had been donating to our our fundraisers in the past. And she said, you know, I never thought that I would see the results of of something i donate to yeah so up close and personal right and it it really touched me and it it really touched everybody in our group of like guys this is proof of everything that we do right that it is going towards something very very real and it's it's hard sometimes to donate to an organization because you never really it's all kind of ethereal It's, it's all happening kind of away from you when you see it happen right in front of you and you have an actual connection physically to it, it hits you in a much different way. And I think that was, that's what like really for me, like sealed the deal of like, 
you know, I will always work with any non-charity or, or, or non-profit charity or any organization that wants to work with us, but I will always find my home at Starlight because of this, because I see like in front of me the benefit that they That's awesome. have brought to our world. That's great. I think it's so yeah. cool. And I, I really appreciate you taking time to talk uh, with me today. Um, Absolutely. You're one of our oldest friends. I appreciate it. Um, and I, I appreciate you all, uh, you know, in LA Ghostbusters who've been very kind to me. And um, when I first showed up and was like, I don't know any of you. And you're like, that's cool. Like you're, you're a person who's like one of us. You're in a flight. Hey, suit. You're in a flight so, suit. Good yeah. enough for us. So, and that's, it, it's, I, I said this the first time I ever met you all. I was like, it's very intimidating to meet new people as an adult. It's even more intimidating to do it. The giant yeah. thing on your back. You know, yeah. It's a little it's a little awkward, but um, but I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us today. And I hope that you'll come back and talk with us again when we find out a bit about what your dream event is. Um absolutely. And uh if nothing else, if folks are out there, feel free to take a look at what's going on at LAGB uh with their social media and to give some thought about if you've got some money to spend and you want to put it in a good place, consider helping out Starlight Foundation. And thank you very much, Matt, for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Jim. All right. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you at the next event. All right. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of Extraplasm. If you've got something to share for a future episode, or if you'd just like to comment and share something about how you felt about the episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Extraplasm, or you can email the podcast at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, please do me a solid and feel free to uh, go off and write a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whichever podcasting platform of your choice, uh, because those reviews make a big difference in helping a podcast find its footing and connect with fans like you who will like the same kind of stuff. So if you have a chance to do that, I'd really appreciate it. It helps out the podcast a lot. And with that in mind, I want to say thank you for listening to this episode of Extraplasm. And as Ernie Hudson would say, try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care.